Welcome to the podcast of Mosaic Church, celebrating diversity within community. All right, Daniel 4. So Daniel is a, it's a unique, um, if you've ever read all 12 chapters of Daniel, you'll know that it's kind of a unique um, book. It starts out with some stories, and some of them seems like they are children's stories. You hear them a lot. I saw my grandma when I was a kid put them up on a flannel graph board in this and uh, Ella Crocker Memorial Pres- uh, Pentecostal Holiness Church in Glendale, South Carolina. And she would have us up there, and she put this stuff on the flannel board and tell us these stories. And I remember it vividly. And as we changed churches, Willie, I acknowledge I opened this water bottle, and I said it there myself, so don't make the mistake I did last week. Uh, but as we would sit there and we'd talk through that, there was lots of stories, and some of them came from Daniel. In fact, two really famous ones came from Daniel, right? Uh, there is the one of, of his buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? And they're in the fiery furnace, and there's enough fourth person walking around. And, you know, the king pulls them out and acknowledges that their God is, is the God, right? Or the, Actually, he doesn't yet. He just acknowledges that their God saved them. Uh, and then there is the other story, right, of there's a den of lions, man is thrown in there and pulled out. So there's these kind of stories. And then there's some other ones that I begin to learn as I got older. And that's kind of where we're going to settle today. Less about those stories and more about the story of God speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar. And he does it through a number of ways. And he speaks to King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, He speaks to him through dreams. He speaks to him um, through visions, he speaks him through Daniel's mouth, and then later his son and grandson get a, a word from the Lord. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So uh, I just want to read this part in Daniel uh, chapter 4, and we're going to be in uh, verse starting with verse 4. This is, uh, uh, and the reason, just so you know, if you ever keep going further in Daniel, starting with chapter 7 to the end, it's this really apocalyptic kind of narrative. So uh, that's why it's kind of weird, because you get these really cute stories at the beginning, and at the end of it, it's kind of like this fantastical kind of uh, end times narrative. So, um, But anyway, this is the first part. First, Within the first six chapters, we read this story, and it seems as if it's coming... Like it's written first person almost from Nebuchadnezzar. So hear these words, Daniel 4, and we'll read um, verses 4 through 18. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. And I saw a dream that made me afraid as I lay in the bed and the, the fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me. So I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me that they might, might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers came in. I told them the dream, but they could not make it known to me its own interpretation. At last, Daniel came in before me. He who was named Belteshazzar, after the name of my God, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. 
And I told in the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too difficult for you, tell me the visions of my dreams that I saw and their interpretation. The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. I saw, behold, a tree in the midst of the earth. Its, great, its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached to the heavens. It was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful, and its fruit abundant. In it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heaven lived in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw the visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. He proclaimed aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree, lop off its branches, strip off its leaves, and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump, the stump of its roots, leave it in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze, amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's, and let a beast's mind be given to him. And let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end of the, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdoms of men, and gives it to whom He will, and sets it over the lowliest of men. This is the dream that I, Nebuchadnezzar, saw, and you, O Belteshazzar, tell me the interpretation, because all the wise men of my kingdom are able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are. For the spirit of the holy gods is in you. <clears throat> Our New Testament reading is from Daniel. Oh, excuse me, from Romans chapter seven, and it is from verses uh, left on the back here, verses fifteen a. So the um, excuse me, fifteen through twenty five a. So just the very first half of twenty five. Paul writes these words: For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not know what I want. But I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil that I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if what I do... Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do the right, that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? From this body of death, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then the gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 through 19, and then we'll, we'll jump down and do 25 through 30. But what shall I compare this generation? But to what shall I compare this generation? 
It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang the dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came, neither eating nor drinking, and they say that he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. At that, that, at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we're in this series on hearing from the Lord and listening to God and what it is for us to hear him speak, and I've said it every week, and I'll say it again. It has been the number one question that's been asked of me in 20 years of ministry is, how do I know God's speaking? How do I know his voice? What does it say? So this series is not so much to give you a one, two, three, four plan, and if you do these four things, you'll hear from God. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> if it were that easy, that book would have been written a couple thousand years ago, and we'd still be reading it today. Uh, there was one that was like that, but it leaves some mystery. In fact, you can even hear Jesus saying that there in Matthew, that wisdom and understanding was hidden from those who had knowledge. And uh, thank you that you've given wisdom to the little ones. So we have to kind of free up some of the, the things in our brain that want to kind of narrow it down and boil it down. Because we want to do that, right? We want the five keys to the perfect marriage. You know, we want the three keys to a healthy, growing church. We want the seven keys to a great personal life. And it does not happen like that. Because the problem that we know is that when those books come out, and we know those books exist and those sermons exist and those things exist, and the problem is then when they come out and we do all of it and it doesn't happen the way that the person promised or we had this vision of what that would look like, then it's frustrating. And so don't take this series as here's all the seven or 18 or however many weeks we have steps on how to hear from God. It will not happen like that. What we're hoping to do, or what I'm hoping that God does through his spirit is lay a framework inside of us that tells us a couple things that that we can see through Scripture and through our own personal life that A, God does still speak. And that B, He speaks in a lot of different ways. If we can learn those two things, and, and, then, and then probably a third one, if I was to nail a third one down, would be the, the C of that, would be that we would create the posture within our lives to open up space to hear from God. Because that is honestly the one constant that we see uh, from Genesis to Revelation is that when God was speaking, there were people who were taking time in their lives set aside for that act of listening. 
Um, in fact, you can go down this road of uh, listening prayer, and it's a great practice, and I would encourage you, if it's something you're interested in, to look into. It's not something we're going to really talk much about here, but it exists, and it's great, and you may have participated in that in the past. But I do not want to create a, a thought in your brain of, like, here's the 18 things to do to hear from God, because you will be frustrated, disappointed, right? Just let's get it through our heads that God does still speak, that God speaks in multiple ways and through multiple people and things, um, and that those who do hear from God have created space in their life, right? We're going to actually see Daniel do some of that. So in the first six chapters of Daniel, we see a lot of that. So I just want to go through a bit of it. I do want to remind us as we get started, though, that uh, if you're if you're joining us online in the live stream, there you have the, the notes section there. It has the liturgy, and then but also there's a little button on there that says live prayer. If there's anything that you want someone to pray with for you as the service is going on, you can click that button, and we have somebody who is willing to do that for you. So I just I just saw my note that I wrote here to remind that, and I had forgotten. So there you go. That would be. We would love to pray with you during that time if there's something that you have that you need prayer for. So um, we're going to start out at the beginning, okay? Daniel 1, right at the very beginning. So um, just to kind of set the framework, because we're not going to read all of chapter 1, but here's what's happened, and essentially Israel's been taken into exile. And what happened when Israel was taken into exile, or any country for that matter? The conquering kingdom comes into that country, and they take Specific things, eh? They take all the holy things, the things that the people hold dear that they think is, you know, who they are, and they take that. So they went to the to what was set up as a temple, and they went to the temple and took all the holy things out, right? All the things that the people of God or that the Israelites believed was God leading them. So uh, they took all that stuff out. They destroyed the temple, put it out of business. Um, and for a good Jewish boy or girl growing up, the understanding was if a temple is out of commission, then God is done, right? That was kind of how it worked. Whatever kingdom or entity won, their God was now the ruler of them and the new people. And so that is kind of what's happened. Israel finds himself in a place where they've been conquered, uh, and so they take all that stuff out. Another thing that they do is they take all the, the smartest and strongest. So kind of uh, the best and the brightest, right? They take all those folks out and they bring them into exile. Because what will happen if they leave them in their old country, right? If they leave the smartest, the most strategic, the whatever, they're going to form and rise up and try to take it back. So they just basically leave the dunces, the people that can't really, you know, do, fend for themselves and do the things they can do. They usually destroy the land in, in ways that they can. And so all this kind of stuff has happened. So Israel finds himself in that place. Daniel and his three buddies, and none of us ever know their Hebrew names. We know Daniel's Hebrew name, and we only see his, like, uh, Babylonian name, like, once or twice, Belteshazzar. But we know his buddies. Babylonian names, this Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? So that is, uh, we don't remember ever their, their Hebrew names, but um, Daniel and some of his buddies are there, and so what has happened 
is the king said, well, I'm going to teach you guys all of our ways. So they would basically indoctrinate these people and say, you're going to learn everything about us. You're going to get all the best and all the good stuff because we want people who are good to rise up and help lead, which is actually what happened to Daniel. And part of that was dietary. So you're going to get to eat all the king's food. If you are under any impression that king's food was better than the food everybody else got, you need all the king's food, you're going to drink the king's wine, you're going to learn this stuff, and so this is what's going to happen. And Daniel stands up to the person who has come to bring that message to him and says, well, hey, um, could you only give, because that really is defiling what we believe, could you only give us certain things, um, vegetables and water? Would, would that be if I day instead of the king's food and meat and wine? And the guy says, well, I'm afraid that if I do that, I'm going to kill. So Daniel says, hey, just, just test it and watch um, and see what happens. And sure enough, at the end of a 10-day period of them watching and seeing and testing, they looked healthier and they looked even bigger than the people who were eating the meat and all the stuff. And so um, they continued. And so here is what happens. Here is what is said if we read Daniel 17. Uh, excuse me, uh, chapter 1, verse 17 through 20. Uh, then Daniel went to his house. Uh, oh, uh, excuse me, I, read, I will jump down to um, chapter 2. Excuse me. Uh, so verse 17, as for these four youth, meaning Daniel and his three buddies, God gave them learning and skill and literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. At the End of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king spoke with them. And among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, that's one of them, Mishael, that's the other, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters, that were in his that were in all his kingdom, and Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. The first chapter of Daniel starts out with Daniel saying, We're going to be faithful, as faithful as we're able to be, to God, even if it results in our death. And we actually see that play out a few times. We're there close to death. Um, and God, because of their faithfulness, shows his own bit of faithfulness and says, you guys did what I asked you to do even when it wasn't easy. In fact, it would have been easier to eat the good food and drink the good wine. But you guys were faithful to what I asked you to do. And so God poured on them all wisdom and knowledge and understanding and learning. It's almost as if John 15 just came to life, right? What did Jesus say in John 15? He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, then I'll remain in him, and he'll bear much fruit. And apart from me, he can do nothing. But a thousand years before Jesus said those words, Daniel was living it out, and he's being faithful to God and what God has called him to do. And God does what? He gives them all this understanding and wisdom. There's this, I, there's this reality that if we are faithful to God, that God will give us you know, good things. The interesting thing is, if Daniel was to be asked, like, what do you really want? It may not have been wisdom and understanding and knowledge. 
whatever he got out of it. But God gave him what he needed. And what did God give him what he needed to us? Well, actually, it, he gets eventually promoted up to the third highest in the kingdom, over the whole kingdom, because of this one act of faithfulness. And as a result, God gives them this understanding, this wisdom, this learning. And so part of hearing and knowing the word and the will of God, part of that comes from our obedience to what God has called us to do and being faithful to what he's done. In Daniel 2, we see another, we see another story, and I'm going to read in verses 15. Um, Let me set, set the stage. Nebuchadnezzar has a different dream, different than the one that we read earlier. And he says, I don't understand this dream, and I need somebody to tell me. Now, because Daniel has gotten all this wisdom and knowledge and understanding, he has been promoted. He has been now one of the magicians, enchanters. Like when, they, when you see that list of like the Chaldeans, the, the enchanters, the, the magicians, when you see that, Daniel is now one of them because that's what they called the people who had that wisdom. So now Daniel's part of that. And so the king has had this dream, and he's called all these people together, all the magicians and enchanters and Chaldeans and all this, and says, here's this dream. I need somebody who can tell it for me. And they basically say, king, that's impossible. We can't do that. King gets furious and ordered that all of them are killed. That includes who? Daniel. And his buddies. And so this is what has happened. And Daniel looks at the guy who's given him this message and says, Hey, could you give, give us a chance? Just, just give us a chance and see if we can pray to our God and do that. So that's where we pick this up. So he declared to Arioch, the king's captain, why is this decree so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel, and Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. And then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and told them to seek mercy from God, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision that night. And then Daniel blessed the God of heavens. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of the God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells in him. To you, God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. For you, I, for you have given me wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we have asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. And then there, therefore, Daniel went in to Arioch. No, I'm going to stop there. Because the point has already been made. Daniel requests from the king, hey, give us an opportunity. Just give us a chance. Like He hears like these guys couldn't do it. These guys that you're lumped in with, they couldn't do it. You're all going to be killed. He hears it and says, hey, give me a second. Give me a chance, a time with the king to tell him this matter, what it is that he's seeking. And then immediately he goes to his buddies and says, hey, we got to pray. We got to seek from God. God, give us wisdom. Now, why was this so 
impossible. The king hadn't told anybody the dream. And they say, God, could you reveal to us what this means for this king? And he does. And when he does, they haven't... Now, here's the really cool part about this story. This is a part of the story I really love. Daniel and his buddies, they have not yet gone to the king and told him. They don't know if it's right. Right? They don't have a clue. They just have gotten some answer from God about whatever this is. But they have this faith that God is God, that God is powerful, that God is going to give them what they want. And so Daniel already thanks God before he even knows he's off the hook yet. He said, Bless be the God, the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong all wisdom and might. Daniel had this humility about him. He didn't say, Thank you, God, that I'm smart. He said, Thank you, God, that you have all wisdom and that you've imparted a little bit of it to me right now. God, we're so thankful. Daniel intercedes to save all her life, asks King for a chance. He prays with his companions, and God gives answers, interpretation. And then Daniel goes with this. Remember last week we talked about this humility and hearing God speak and being and answering God. There was this sense of humility that Daniel had. He had this deep faith that what they had was the real answer. Without going to the king, because I think if it had been me, I'd have had this answer, and I'd kind of gone in like, you know how you feel when you, it may be a long time. It's been a long time since I've had to do Actually, I had to do this last year for something for work, but you got a test you got to take, and you feel like you've prepared, and you got all the, the and you've done the best you can. You go in really with this expectation, but until, you know, the way this one was, it was like a computer. And you did it all on the computer and you hit the button. They tell you like right then if you pass. Until you hit that button and see pass, you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus, right? <clears throat> thank you so much, God. Like you just want to praise God all day long for that. Daniel was, had it flipped. He hadn't pressed enter yet on the computer, right? He, he just knew like, God, you've given what we need, so thank you so much. And he went there with confidence like, here's, here's what it is. And the king was amazed and he promoted Daniel. And that was kind of the beginning of it for him. He was promoted again. And uh, Daniel kind of has this humility of saying, well, it's not me. I'm not wise. Thank you, God, that you have all wisdom. That'd be like me going to that test before I even started saying, thank you, God, you've given me all wisdom to pass this test. Thank you so much. I'm so good. Hitting end on it, not even looking at the results, just walking on out because I know that God's already given us what we need for this. That Daniel... Part of that hearing from God was hey, having faith that what we heard was true, that it was God and that it was what was needed. Verse uh, chapter 3 is the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story where they won't bow. That's mostly chapter 3. So we're going to flip over to chapter 4. Because there's this phrase that comes out that God is trying to teach Nebuchadnezzar. And you heard it. We read that story of his dream. And he says, there was this dream I had, and it's troubling me. And in this dream, there was a tree, and it grew. And it was great. And it housed all these animals and gave shade to animals. And it, was, it fed animals. It was great. It was, uh, it was what the world needed. And there was this declaration, chop it down. 
in that declaration at the end of it. So after it's happening, it's kind of, it says this is happening so that the living may know. And what, I don't have this translation memorized. The NIV says this, so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and he gives them to anyone that he wishes. That was the message that God was trying to speak to Nebuchadnezzar. Here's the interesting thing. A couple of things that we, I find interesting about this, especially as we're talking about God speaking to us. God was speaking to Nebuchadnezzar who did not believe in God. Right? Like some, a lot of times we think we got to go to the holiest person. We got to, you know, we got to get the, God is, God was speaking just like, remember, the harlots in um, uh, Jericho? That God was speaking to her saying, I am true and I am. So by the time the spies got to her house, she already believed that it was God. Right? It's the same kind of idea, although Nebuchadnezzar is a lot more stubborn. Because he hears this and God is speaking. So as soon as you get that thought in your brain that says, well, God is not speaking to me because I'm not holy enough or not good enough or whatever it is, you can throw that on out of your brain because we have scripture right here where God is speaking to Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king who has done some pretty awful things. And he's saying, uh, here's what I want you to know. The Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men, and he gives them to anyone he wishes. And Nebuchadnezzar doesn't know what that means. <laughs> it's like he's blinded from hearing that. Nebuchadnezzar wasn't dumb. Like He had this knowledge. Like He got to be a king for a reason. Now maybe because he had the right mama or daddy. You know, He had the right whatever, but... When you're king, you're given all the education and all the stuff that the common folks aren't given back then. But he couldn't see this. And God was saying that I, God was speaking to Nebuchadnezzar. And then God spoke through Daniel. And in fact, we see that when God speaks to Daniel and Daniel hears what this message is about, Daniel's distraught. And Nebuchadnezzar's comforting him. He's like, it's okay, Daniel. Like, don't worry about it. He's like, no, no, it's not okay. Because you're the tree. You're the great thing that grew up. And so here's the thing when we talk about speaking and hearing from God, because there's, there's a whole other message in there. And this is a great verse to memorize and commit to just repeating and reminding ourselves daily, especially as we look through the news and everything else, especially in an election year, whether you're man or woman, whether your favorite wins or loses, Remember this scripture, and this is the last thing I'll say about this, that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. And that's true for our country and every other country that has ever existed. In fact, it's God's way of telling Nebuchadnezzar, I've given you authority, but I can take it away. And that's the message that God speaks through Daniel is that I'm going to take it away. In fact, you're going to lose your mind and you're going to be like an animal and you're going to be out in the middle of the field and you're going to kind of be doing this thing and it's going to rain on you and all this kind of stuff and people are going to think you're crazy. But as soon as you look to me, I'll restore you. In fact, at the very end of it, well, I can't find it right now, but... Trust me. 
At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up, this is verse 34, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. At the end of that time, it says that he looked into heaven and acknowledged heaven. But here, here's what I want us to understand, that, that God spoke to Nebuchadnezzar through dreams, and God also spoke to Nebuchadnezzar through another person, through Daniel. God speaks to us in a lot of different ways. So God may be speaking to you in dreams. God may be speaking to you through other people. And we have to be open and willing to listen to that. There's that humility in that again. And the fifth way, or excuse me, the, the, uh, in chapter 5 and 6, there's one other way that God speaks. And I'm not going to read the scriptures. You can read it. They're fantastic. I love chapters 5 and 6. Remember what God was trying to tell Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 4, the most highest sovereign of the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. Listen to how it starts out. In chapter 5, King Belshazzar. King Belshazzar was the son, some people think it was his grandson, of Nebuchadnezzar. And he made a great feast for thousands of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousands. And when he tasted the wine, he commanded the vessels of gold and silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple of Jerusalem be brought, and that the king and his lords and his wives and his concubine might drink from them. So his, his son is throwing this great party, with, and it says in front of thousands he's drinking wine, and he tastes it and says, man, this is good wine. Let's go get the holy things that we took out of Israel and bring it in, and let that be what we drink it from. And so what begins to happen? As this party rages on, a hand appears in the middle of nowhere and starts writing on the wall. And it writes these words. God spoke through this mysterious hand that was writing on the wall, and they couldn't understand it. And guess what? They knew one person that had wisdom and understanding. It was Daniel. He's old now. And they bring him in, and he tells them what it is. And he says, basically, you haven't paid attention. You haven't weighed yourself against what God has done. You've been horrible to what I ask you to do. This is a very loose paraphrase. And so your powers are going to be removed from you. And that night it says that country that was coming against them tunneled in under the walls, took siege of the land, and he was actually killed that night. And at the very end of it, it says, and there's a, basically a new king. There was this new king in place from this new nation. God was still teaching his son the same lesson he was trying to teach Nebuchadnezzar, that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. And his, Nebuchadnezzar learned that lesson, and his son forgot it and thought, how great I am, how good I'm doing. I'm going to bring this stuff out. We're going to throw this party. But there's this, but we're talking about how God speaks. How did God speak to them? Through a handwriting on the wall. God can speak in any way that he chooses. But here's what I want you to understand. God's always willing to reveal himself to us and his will to us. We can be like Daniel, where we can be humble and obedient and with humility kind of hear and take these words knowing they're from God. Or we can be arrogant like Nebuchadnezzar um, before he was turned into like a beast of the field, like a cow. Or Belshazzar, the handwriting on the wall. 
I would rather hear God's voice in the simple ways. I don't want to be so rebellious that it takes some kind of act like that to hear God's voice, to hear God's word. That a huge part of listening and knowing God's word is being setting space in your life and giving yourself room uh, to be humble and know that it's from God and for God and not for us. We don't want to be like Belshazzar who was so arrogant to say, I've gotten all this because I'm so great. And so the handwriting has to come on the wall. And then the fulfillment of that happens just hours later and he's killed. That God is constantly speaking to us. And the question is, are we setting time in our life to be to listen? Are we keeping an open mind to say that God may be speaking to us through this other person that we may or may not like? That God may be speaking to us through his word. That God may be speaking to us in our dreams. The one thing that we know is that God is speaking. And that with humility, we're loosened up to hear that a little bit better. How many of you know or can imagine that Belshazzar's arrogance may have come down a couple notches once a hand appears and it starts writing on the wall. My prayer is that God, it doesn't take that for me to hear what you're saying. Today, as we uh, move into a time of prayer, our prayer is that, you know, a couple fold, and, and um, some of it may be that we're hearing God speak to us and we just have to have the humility to know this is God, and even if it's not what I want, I'm going to be obedient to it. We want to be like Daniel in chapter 1, where we just want to be obedient to that and faithful and trust that God's going to give good things, just like Daniel, who was faithful to what God called him to do, and God gave him all wisdom. Um, it may be this morning that you're still not certain that God speaks, and you need to know that God does speak and trust Maybe it'd be like Daniel in chapter 2 who knew that God was speaking before we even tested was it true or not. Um, it may be that we need to find space in our life just to listen to God, that we don't crowd it out with all the, with all the other things like Belshazzar with the party or Nebuchadnezzar with running a kingdom that we crowd everything out and don't listen to God. And so therefore God has to come with some really kind of grandiose thing like maybe just create space in our life that we can listen and trust that God is speaking to us in those moments. Um, wherever it is on that spectrum or maybe you know God's speaking to you and you know how he interacts with you you just need this reminder that God is God and God is good. May that be there for you too. But in whatever way that that manifests itself for you or is true for you, may you know, A, that God does speak, B, that God is speaking to you and to us in multiple ways, and C, that there is this bit of humility that we have to have to act on what it is that God is calling us to. So with that on our hearts and minds, we're going to pray, and we're going to sing a couple more songs thanking God for who he is and what he's done. And then we're going to go out into whatever it is that we're doing for the rest of the day and the rest of this week, trusting that God is speaking to us all along the way. Let's pray.
God, we are thankful that you've given us wisdom to hear and to know your voice. God, would you help us to trust that is true? God, we're thankful that you did not stop speaking thousands of years ago, but that you still speak to us today. You speak to us like last week with just this quiet voice, this whisper. Sometimes you speak with a handwriting on the wall. Sometimes you speak to us in dreams, and sometimes you speak to us through other people. Sometimes you speak to us through your scriptures. God, however it is, may we know, A, that you are speaking. God, may we know that what we hear from you is good and true, regardless of how it seems to everybody else. And God, when we start to get busy and crowded out, would you give us the conviction to create space in our lives to hear from you? God, if you've been speaking to us and we know that you have and have just been too arrogant or too nervous or too scared or whatever it is to act, would you give us boldness? Or better yet, God, would you just give us a faith that it is you? And may that give us the boldness to move forward knowing that if it is you, then why would we not follow? God, we love you. We thank you that you use us. God, may we be useful to you, we pray. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information, please visit us at www.mosaiceasley.org.